0: Welcome to Jeff in Motion. I almost forgot to... Ooh, there's like a pallet's worth of unopened Aquafina in the parking lot. Hmm, too many witnesses. Anyway, welcome to Jeff in Motion. I almost forgot to do this today. And then a friend of mine was like, I can't wait to listen to your podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) it is Friday. I would have been pissed at myself. Um, if you can't tell already from the tone of my voice, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You know, life's got peaks and valleys, and it's on, life's on its way up at the moment. How long it'll stay there, I can't tell you. But, today, doing all right. Doing all right. Um, don't really have a specific topic today. Oh, <sighs> hmm. Um, In podcast news, for those of you that listen to the popular Outcast podcast and its affiliated podcasts, um, we've got two to three additional podcasts coming on. Uh, Two of them are still in review, meaning that we need, that Bill, Mike, and I all need to listen to a test episode and decide if we want to bring it on. So yeah. That's awesome. You we've got two more podcasts, two to three more podcasts taking us up to 9 or 10 podcasts under the Poppin Popular Outcasts Productions network blanket. So that's awesome. Um Sorry. There's a there's a pretty rough turn on my way out of work and when it's busy i got to really focus on it and apparently I am incapable of speaking while I'm focusing very heavily on traffic patterns. Alright, past the deaf intersections. Um, let's see what I've got on my list. I'm going to have to make my list longer. Because I'm running out of shit to talk about. And I'm not super pissed off at anything at the moment. So, yeah. Um, oh, I got something. Turned in my last final on Wednesday. Um, was super stressed out about it because this one I actually had to make a presentation. And I had to build a, a pretty complicated site using PHP. Um, basically, I had to build a small blog that users could log in as that it had to be able to detect if the users were an administrator and they'd have to have different functions depending on whether they're a regular user or an administrator um, they had to be able to uh, edit their own profile have a profile, make, edit and or delete posts um it's most definitely the most complicated web project I've ever done um and I was super nervous because like the class was already small it started with, like, ten people, but by the end of the semester, it had three in it. Me and two other people. So, we've got this final presentation, and, uh, I didn't volunteer to go first, because honestly, I was nervous. Uh, my I, my site functioned well, but it didn't have a lot of features to it. Like, you couldn't upload images, um, you couldn't comment on blog posts, all things that I was like, Ugh. okay, uh... Alright. Then, um, the other two people went, and the poor, one poor lady, um, a couple of her parts of her site didn't even function, and both of them, um, the design was, I can say as a professional graphic designer, lacking. There were some common mistakes made. I don't want to be a jerk, but. Yeah. So then by the time I present, I am just like, "Oh, I got this." And um it's weird being in this uh graphic design or in this web design major because I've got a uh I've got a feeling I haven't had since I was in like kindergarten where I'm worried I won't get an A on things. Because this, so far, has come very natural to me, and I like it a lot. Um, and I know it's something... Whenever I uh, am talking to my wife, I was like, I don't know, I just I don't want to drop below my A. Because right now, I've got a 4.0 in the major, and that's great. And she's like, what are you, your brother? And, um, I know I've talked about my brother on here before, but I love the kid, but man, he makes me jealous, because he is just, he is one smart motherfucker. And, um, in high school, he was very much, you know, gotta get an A, gotta get an A, gotta get an A, and indeed he did. Uh, now that he's gotten to college, he's relaxed and become, like, a real functioning person, which is awesome, because I love, I like... I love him, I've always loved him, but now I could easily hang out with him for hours and we'd be cool. Like, he doesn't annoy me at all anymore, which those of you with younger siblings know that that's a thing when you're kids. Um, I don't know where that came from. I guess just a way for me to subconsciously brag that I'm doing well in school at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel guilty for bragging. Oh well. That's me, I suppose. But now, for the first time in like three, two, three years, I've got a summer break because I did not have the money to take the summer semester I needed to. So I'm taking that class in the fall, which I'm actually going to have to take on campus. I do not know if work will let me or not. So that is some... No, I'll have to take it in the spring. So I've got about a year to worry about that and figure that all out. Years hoping I'm in a position where I can actually go to class. Yeah. Mm, I'm very hungry. The diet's going all right. It's going all right. I gained 0.2 pounds yesterday, though. That made me sad this morning at least it wasn't like anything more than 0.2 pounds (laughs) the smallest increment my scale weighs or yeah yeah but I'm hungry I'm ready to go home and eat some vegetarian chili anyway I gotta think of something interesting to talk about (laughs) let's Oh, you know what? I was just talking about my brother. I'll talk about my other brother. Um, when I was, I believe, four, Could I could have also been three, um, my mother gave birth to um, my first brother, Zachary. Uh, he had a birth defect known as trisomy 13 Um, or was it trisemi-14? Shoot, I'm forgetting. It's been a while since I told this story. No, I think just trisemi-13. Yeah, he was a trisemi-13, meaning that he had three... He had a third chromosome in the chromosome pairs at the 13th spot. Um, trisemi-12 is Down syndrome, I believe. So that's... So he was... And I don't know if the higher you go, the worse it gets... But in this particular case, that's where we were. Um, he was very underweight. He had, he was missing digits and toes. I guess that is a digit, technically. He was missing digits here and there. Um, from what I have been told, had he... Oh. He lived... What I felt like was a year, but I've been told that it was a much uh, shorter time than that, like under three months, I believe. But he did live for three months. And from what I've been told, uh, trisomy 13 babies, that was actually a very long time for a trisomy 13 baby, and that had he miraculously lived... The brain function is very, uh, very, very limited. Um, A less sensitive person would use the term vegetable. Um, And so at four, I experienced, you know, my first sibling, my new brother. And then I'm aware that something is wrong, but not aware enough that it's like, it bothers me at all it's like, oh, you know, Zach's different, it's fine and, um, then he passed in the night I haven't really talked to my parents in depth about this maybe I will sometime in the, uh, future or if my mom decides she's gonna start listening to these she won't make it to this episode I doubt she'll make it past the masturbating and farting conversation in the first episode so if you're jumping in at this episode now you know what you missed should have gone back and listened to episode one first Honestly, I think this podcast Would probably be best listened to in chronological order Because it's just me talking And their Developments in each episode Directly affect further Um, not that there's like A story to this Other than, you know, other than the story of my life You know I'm still recording, right? Good Uh. Anyway, um, so, Zachary passes, um, I had a loft bedroom, I remember very distinctly being a four-year-old, and, uh, being up on the balcony of my loft bedroom, and seeing my mom crying, she was talking to another woman, I do not remember who, and shouting down at her, why are you being such a ball, baby? Because, you know, that's something a four-year-old would say. Uh, not a lot of tact at four years old. Um, I've also been told that while my parents had a friend over, I was sitting next to her on the couch and in a very similar tone, asked my mom, Hey, Mom! Why is she so fat? So um I was with me why she's so fat it was basically I was ignored and fortunately I didn't press the issue but as it explained to me um that that is not a thing that you say um in the presence of somebody and I don't remember if I was in trouble or not but I do remember the the message sticking Uh, Yeah, but So, I don't remember My parents' reaction to Why you being such a big ball, baby But I do remember saying it And the fact that I remember saying it Means there was probably a significant reaction to it Uh, Maybe that was where the guilt started I don't know But because of this, because of experiencing life, death what have you in a very short time period while I was four four, not fourteen um death has always just kind of been a fact to me it's uh like I'm not bothered by it especially if It's if you see it coming. Like, if a grandparent dies, no one's surprised, you know? It's, um... They're old. Old people die. That's what they do. You know, everybody dies. But the older you get, the less surprised I'm gonna be, honestly. No offense to any old people out there listening. And, uh... But even... But even, like, you'll, you'll hear down the through the grapevine that someone you went to went to school with died. And my biggest reaction is like, oh, what do you know? Now, granted, I haven't had anyone very close to me die that is a friend. Um, it's all been family, which, granted, I'm very close to my family, or um, acquaintance is the best and because death is just a thing i tend to it's not that i'm not don't have tact i just kind of am just like oh sorry and then move on with my day um i think things that are tactless like when i found that someone i went to high school with committed suicide my very very first thought was Oh, well, he was a massive jackass to me, so whatever, I knew better than to say that, especially because I worked with his aunt, I believe um, and I don't think the atheism really uh helps with the whole not thinking that death is a big deal. It's a thing that happens, and you'd think you'd think. It's odd, because death was definitely more impactful when I was Christian. But you'd think it would be the opposite. You'd think I would think death was a a much bigger deal. Now, with my atheist outlook on life, that I know, well, I don't know, but I believe that nothing happens after you die. That your body is buried or burnt, and that's it, you know? The curtain has fallen. You're done. But when I was Christian, you know, you believe that you go up to the, to the big cloud party in the sky and everything's hunky-dory. But I was deathly afraid of death back then. I wonder why that is. Maybe it was the judgment thing. Maybe because in my current belief structure, uh, I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm going to be put in a hole or set on fire, and that's it. With the Christian Christianity, uh, there was the it was up in the air. It was like, well, I think I'm going to heaven, but there's that chance that chance that I could be going to eternal fire. That's probably what it is. There's no gamble with my belief system now, and I'm I'm clarifying atheism as a belief system. Because no one can truly know what happens to your consciousness after you die. Because no one has definitively come back. So, I could be wrong. Um, Some people would qualify that as agnostic. I do not. Um, I qualify agnostic as believing there is something you just don't know what. I don't believe there's anything. I'm just not 100% positive of that. Because it can't be. And, uh... Also, uh, when people speak of uh, chances of things, this is barely related, but whatever, I'm on a roll. There's a footnote in Douglas Adams' uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. I don't remember what it's a footnote of, but it talks about the size of the universe and infinity in general and probability. That is, if... Something is highly improbable, yet still possible. Take any percentage, no matter how small, how insignificant, multiply it by infinite, and there is a 100% chance that that exists somewhere in the universe. Which, that's solid logic to me. But then, apply that logic to, is there a God? And that equals that there's a 100% chance that there is. But, not here. So there's, I believe, that there could be somewhere, probably... Huh. I never never associated the word probably with probability before. Wow, I feel kind of dumb. Anyway, there, probability states that it's possible that there is some sort of being that could have created a world. Um, we don't have any kind of science for it, and I don't think it happened here. Um, I'm up with the theories of, um, like, life-seeding, uh, and what that is, basically, it's an intelligent, oh, here's something, uh, important to distinguish, uh, the difference between evolution, intelligent design, and creationism. Evolution, everybody knows evolution. Um... You know, through essentially just random mutation, trial and error, sexual selection, things like that, Um, animals very, very slowly change and diverge into different species and things like that. Evolution. That's the horse I'm backing. That makes the most sense to me because we can observe it happening. We have observed it happening. Over very long periods of time, much shorter periods of time, with, like, microorganisms. Then there is creationism. God put down every animal as is 3,000 years ago. Creationism. The Bible is a textbook that God wrote 3,000 years ago and gave to Moses. That, no fucking way. No fucking way. where where we hit a kind of middle ground that I concede might be possible is intelligent design which is that and and there's a there are a lot of uh, different degrees of intelligent design intelligent design in the point where they are creationist and like God put every animal down here just as they are a monkey's a monkey a man's a man no But then there's also theories that are just kind of like, well, what if the bacteria that science doesn't have a solid explanation for where it came from was left here by a visiting alien species? Or um, if it it piggybacked on an asteroid that was perhaps part of, of an alien planet. At one point. That. I can get behind. Because like. Oh yeah, maybe. Maybe that happened. Maybe that happened. That seems far more likely than. Uh, sky people. Putting. Uh, just. <laughs> just burying dinosaur bones. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Satan buried the dinosaur bones. To trick us. And make us think that science is real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Critical thinking people, just question everything. Question everything. If it turns out to be right, good. Congratulate it. But if, if at all you're like, wait, this sounds like a total bullshit, <laughs> it may be. It may be. Uh, this isn't intended to be the Atheist Rant podcast, <laughs> but it's turning to be that. Maybe that's just on my mind a lot lately. I don't know. Fucking 26 years old, trying to figure shit out. Well, as one of the top podcasts on the new and noteworthy list for kids and family, maybe I should talk about kids or family. Oh, oh! Actually, before I move on to that um, feeling old kids' family stuff, I wanted to... The Intelligent Design... Uh, issue is explored, po- poetically and hilariously, in a newer episode of Futurama. Um, shit, I wish I could remember the title, but basically, there are a bunch of creation. There's a creationist meeting that Professor Farnsworth uh, gets up on the podium and argues with them, and he decides, "Fuck this." People are idiots, I'm leaving I'm leaving, I don't want to live on this planet anymore We've all felt that way And he goes to this small planet A uh, planetoid, more likely And the this is a lightning quick summary uh, And there are There's water, but it's not potable So he has nanobots That he puts in the water to clean it And as the nanobots take the uh, non-drinkable portions out of the water, they start to combine into more complicated robots. And essentially, it is the evolutionary process sped up uh, millions-fold via being robots, which is a great concept in and of itself, but then... Fast forward. Hilarity ensues. End of the episode. The robots are all strict evolutionists. They're like, no, this is how it is. We evolved. And Professor Farnsworth is... is there. Because this all happens. They evolved to human-like forms in a matter of three nights. And Professor Farnsworth is like, no! I came here on a spaceship and put you in water and now you're here. And... Sounding, uh, using arguments identical to those of the creationists, he got mad at to leave the planet, and it's a very, it's a very poignant and interesting look at the entire uh, discussion. And I, a clockwork. Try I really bugging me what the name the title of that episode is, A Clockwork Origin. There it is. I didn't have to look it up after all. Uh, look up it's on Netflix and watch the episode of Futurama called A Clockwork Origin. Not only is it funny, it's very thought provoking. Um, there. If I would have remembered that in the beginning, I wouldn't have had to go through that summary. Anyway, um, what was the talk? about, kids and family, feeling old, Um, (laughs) I was talking with co-host of the Delusional Loners podcast, Chris Rao, about midlife crises, that seems that they should be changed to decade life crises, because I feel like I'm having one way too early, and that I will be having one in about 10 years, and 10 years after that. In ten years after that... Or you ask yourself the question... What the fuck am I doing? Where am I going in life? And... Uh, I tell you what... If I were the same person... Right now... Without the structure... Of my wife and child... To motivate me... And... Um... Encourage me... And... Basically cause me to make a plan for myself... I would be so fucking lost right now. Granted, I wouldn't have even started graphic design school if it weren't for my wife's encouragement. So, that's a whole thing. But say, tragic accident, uh, wrinkle in time, what have you, they're gone. Uh, I would be completely lost in life. And I don't know, that's a good thing in my mind. I mean, yes, it locks me down, that I can't be 26-year-old partying every night, like many are. But here's the way I look at it. So, yes, I didn't get my second adolescence that many, many people are having nowadays. Yet, I kind of crunched some numbers, and my daughter, who's three now, is going to be at prime leaving the house for higher education age when I'm like mid-40s. And right now, like, this day and age, with medicine where it is, let alone where medicine is going to be in 20 years, that's still pretty young as far as people go. So my wife and I are going to have this opportunity to have a second adolescence at, like, 45, where a lot of people are like, oh, crap, if I don't want a Down syndrome, baby, I need to get married and have kids right now. We're going to be like, been there, done that. We've got this awesome daughter who is as old as we were when we had her right now. And it's great. Awesome. We're going to go fucking take a trip to Tokyo. We're going to get drunk out of our mind on sake. Maybe find some mushrooms. It'll be great. And uh, it's also worth noting that we've decided one kid only, one because uh, my wife, wa- just the pregnancy process, was not kind to my wife. It was very uncomfortable. She hated nearly every second of it. Second of it, there was a week in the middle where she was kind of cool with it. Everything else hated it. Then, uh, I don't want to sugarcoat it. For- I never sugarcoat this for anybody, and um, people tend to forget how much the like infant stage sucks ass but I will never forget never forget I tell you what um, the, I don't have like a good memory of my daughter before maybe six months and it sounds harsh it sounds harsh and future Morgan as you're listening to this just take, take heed Listen to my words It's important When you consider having a child Because no one fucking tells you this One There were complications during birth Um Let's see if I can do a speed round here Uh That's just too good of a story to slow down So I'll come back to that No, fuck it, we'll go into it I'll talk about uh, infant stage later If I don't have time for it Another podcast Asen's pregnant, boom um, she's a week past her due date bum. she starts feeling light contractions she's like alright I think it's gonna be today I think it's gonna be today I was like cool cool it was like a Saturday or something it was the day that we had the whole day I didn't work and she had already taken uh, left Target and I was like alright we got this you let me know we'll throw our shit in the car go to Geisinger uh, we chose Geisinger because they didn't have a nursery. The, the baby stayed with you in the room the entire time you were there. Um, so, awesome. Cool. But that meant a 45-minute drive from our house. So that was the sacrifice we were making to get to this cool place. Start Contractions got, start getting a little closer together. Okay, let's go. Go to, go to Geisinger. Um, she's kind of dilated but not a lot so they're like walk around for two hours like, that's n- not something you want to hear so we do we do laps around the hospital for two hours we come back she hasn't dilated any further She's, the, they're like you can go on a walk for four hours or you can just go home and then come back you know later when the contractions are more intense We're like, fucking A alright fine we'll go home um, Asen is in no mood for anything but do you blame her? She's a week past her due date and happy. Oh, God, hiccups. Sorry. And I'm having mild contractions. All right, drive home. Asin goes upstairs to relax in bed a little. Um, it's evening. I turn on the oven, throw something in. Aison's water breaks in our bed. Now, we had fortunately, uh people who have experienced their water breaking, know that, oh, God, you need a new mattress. We had heard of that. Previously, we had lined under our sheets the bed with, uh, trash bags. So, we were cool. We got the keeper mattress. It didn't smell like old semen, which is kind of what an amniotic fluid smells like. Not exactly, but kind enough to be like, bleh. Anyway, that's something to look forward to, ladies. So, fuck, we run to, we, you know, go to the, uh... Uh, drive 45 minutes, Aislinn's water's broken, she's in soaked pajama pants, um, not her <laughs> not her most graceful moment. Uh, we get there, we're like, hey, they're like, oh, hey guys, and we're like, water broke, they're like, oh, okay. But yada, 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 the circus continues, we get in there, uh, Aislin was so tense that uh, the woman put an IV, it's worth noting that Aislin despises needles. Um, yes, she's got piercings and tattoos, it's a different feeling, except that. Anyway, she, the, the nurse puts an IV in, she gets a contraction, she tenses all her, but, all her, uh, muscles, and the IV shoots out of her arm before the woman can tape it down. So she had to put another one in on the other side. Um, this also, the super tenseness was an issue with when she got an epidural, which is a, a huge motherfucker of a needle they put into your back, which is kind of cool, but whatever. Um, she was so tense that it didn't get in correctly the first time, so they had to do it a second time. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Ace and I's birth. We had a previous agreement that I would be in the room, but she did not want me below the waist because she didn't want me to have post-traumatic stress disorder anytime I went down, uh, Anytime I saw her vagina. And I've seen enough birth videos. I know what it looks like. Whatever. I don't need to see the particular birth of my daughter. I was there for it. I witnessed it. We all good. Um, all right. Bada boom. Baby's born. Cut the cord. Uh, they take the baby off. And we're like, oh, okay. And it was 6 a.m. at this point. So we, I try to sleep on my cot Aislinn is out It doesn't matter She's fucking out It gets to Like my memory is around 10am The next day We haven't seen her baby yet I'm just like what is going And no one has come in It is worth noting That in the, three, the 72 hours We were in the hospital 14 babies were born So, it was hectic there. So, unfortunately, we did not get the service we expected due to the fact that everyone was coming in and having babies. Some people, twins and triplets, apparently, from what I hear. So, we get in. And it's like 10 a.m. My wife gave birth at 6 We have not, not only have we not seen our baby, we have heard nothing. And a woman, dressed as a minister, walks in our door. And, needless to say, there was a bit of panic. Um, I believe the words Jason said is, What happened to my, or, oh God, what happened? Something along those lines. This poor woman... She was just coming in to tell us where the chapel was. She had no idea that we had not that we had given birth to a baby and then heard hide nor hair of it seen hide nor hair of it for four-ish hours with no news, so she was like, "No, no, 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 no nothing, nothing is wrong that I know of um you know, so that at that point I was like, "All right." what the fuck um, I, make some ca- I make some calls I think I believe we knew she had been taken to the uh, NICU uh, but we did not know why and I go I finally make some calls get a hold of someone and they're like yes she's in the NICU you can come down and visit between blank and blank o'clock and Aislinn is still wrecked she's in rough shape I'll tell her to stay in bed I'm gonna go take care of it. I'm gonna go see what's up. Um, I go down, talk to some people. Basically, what happened was Morgan uh, passed her first feces while being while being born. Um, it could it, probably because she was in there a week later than she was supposed to be, and inhaled some into her lungs. Uh, the feces is called myconium it's a black tar like substance um, so she she breathed poop while being born basically and was having trouble breathing um, this is not terribly uncommon um, and fortunately is not uh, isn't terribly serious like it doesn't have, it happens semi frequently and they, they got a plan Like babies do die from it but not often So that was good to know. So I went back, told Ace on that, and they're like, you know, you can bring your wife back and you can see your baby. Uh, She's got an air tube in her nose. No, I believe it was a feeding tube up her nostril and an air tube in her mouth. And, you know, she's not having any of that. Um, While we were visiting her in the little, like, incubator box, uh, she reaches up and pulls the tube out of her mouth. Just whoop, pulls it right out. And we're like, oh, gosh. Uh, at, at While this happened, um, a group of, like, five doctors had just walked up and they were making rounds. And, like, a uh, boss doctor was like... Uh, she didn't pull it all the way out, but she pulled it, like, a baby's arm length out. And he's like, get that out of her mouth before she hurts herself. She obviously doesn't need it anymore. So they do that. She's still got a feeding tube in her nose because she, the first thing that went into her mouth ever was shit. So she was not interested in anything going near her mouth. This is part of the reason that Aislinn was never able to breastfeed. Because Morgan wasn't having it. And also, the other part was, uh, the lactation specialist was so freaking busy they forgot us. Never taught Aislinn to use the pump. Never told Aislinn to use the pump. So it was like second day. It was like over 24 hours before someone's like, "Hey, why aren't you pumping?" And we're like, "No one told us." The body had already was like, "Nope, milk's going away. Milk is going away." So we just never. We tried. We really attempted to, but it just wasn't happening. Breastfeeding was not happening, which I am well aware that. That is the more healthy option. But when people hear that you didn't breastfeed your child, it's like you fucking. It's like you fucking left them out in the car seat overnight every night. They're like, how dare you? How dare you be so selfish? It's like, fuck you. We fucking tried. Not everyone who used formula did it because they didn't feel like breastfeeding. You insensitive bastards. Anyway, sorry. That's just, that was a pet peeve because we got that shit every fucking time we went to the WIC office. It's like, fuck you for not asking why. You immediately criticize us. Anyway. Anyway. I was pretty involved, I was as involved in the pregnancy process as I could be. Uh, we'd gotten two books, Pregnancy for Dummies and another, uh, Another book with a less comical title. And I read them both cover to cover. Aislinn was more... Oh, I'm curious about this one thing. I'll go through the contents, read it. I read both of them cover to cover. Um, I had an encyclopedic knowledge of the pregnancy process during the time. I've lost a lot of it now. But I still have things pop up here and there. So I was fucking ready. You know, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do something fucking right. God damn it. Anyway. So... Long story, a little shorter, Morgan eventually starts drinking from a bottle. And that was the, we need to, to see her eating consistently before we can let you leave the hospital. So, all right. So, I mean, there are little victories here and there. The pulling, oh, she also pull, pulled the food tube out of her nose the second time we went to visit her. So there's that. Um, she never did end up coming to our room. Because she was in the NICU the entire time. And, you know, as we're leaving the NICU, you know, because we're like, man, this really sucked that she wasn't there with us. And as you leave the NICU, you know, you're going past a group, uh, you're packing up all her stuff next to uh, some parents. They're like, oh, hey, you're leaving? That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, You know, how long have you been here? We're like, oh, man, like 48 hours. They're like... You know, us and little Susan We've been here for like three weeks And you're just like, fucking A I'm a dickhead For being upset that my baby Was completely healthy Other than the fact that she breathed some poop And I was inconvenienced For like 48 hours by it So we ended up leaving Not regretting our decisions at all And um and I mean, that's fucking life for real uh, under a magnoscope, uh, magnif- magnifying glass, spending 48 hours in and out of the NICU. It's some real sad shit there. Um, some uplifting stuff, but not a lot of it. But anyway. So we leave, and then where I started, where, where this story started and then digressed was the first year blows. It is... Your child is... Okay. This sounds insensitive, but I'm not lying. Your child doesn't know who you are until past... Uh, around six months. It knows mom via smell. And it kind of knows your dad, but that's about it. Like, it's... But it's basically mom all the way by smell until about six months because they can't see until around six months. Like, they can see shapes and colors, barely, but they don't have the ability to focus their eyes. That's why if you look at really young kids and they've got fucking googly eyes, that's why. They don't have the mental capacity to look at things and focus on things yet. And just... So they can't really register human faces until around six months. And that's when some emotion starts. Like, they don't... They aren't going to laugh. They might smile, but it's total coincidence. Um, they're just a bunch of loose neurons in this floppy, screaming body, slowly connecting, trying to, you know, form a human being. Uh, baby, like human babies, because of the size of our brains, if they were the brains were developed enough to function, like a lot of animals are as they're born... Um, like, you know, a lot of animals will be born and boom, they're walking. Uh, if our brain was that formed, uh, we they wouldn't be able to get out of a human mother's pelvis. So basically, you know how when you take cookies out of the oven, you have to leave them on the pan? It's because they're still cooking. That's exactly infants. That first six months to a year... There's still cookies on the pan. Like you can touch them and yeah, you can you can you can grab one, but it's they're still soft in the middle. They're not quite cookies yet. They're pro they're almost cookies. You've got to leave them on that pan. That's your infant. That's your like, "Oh, I see this thing I have. It's awesome, but it's not really going to be a kid until like a year from now. It's just going to be something I got to watch and keep alive." And they, I mean, they, 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 People don't tell you that, but people tell you don't sleep. Oh, you don't sleep at all. And fortunately, I uh, deal with uh, lack of sleep a lot better. So my job became, you get the baby when they when she wakes up, and I did it without complaining. That mean like Aislinn took Aislinn took a lot of her during the day when I was at work and whatnot. Uh, I'm not saying that as a complaint. But my job was, you take care of the baby when it wakes up at night. So, man, I'm almost home and I don't even know where I was going with this. But yeah, that first year blows. A lot of things about babies blow. A lot of things about having kids blow. But like, once you start hitting a year, two years, a lot of cool things start happening too. And um, I'll I'll try and touch on that in the future, I'll try and make a note on that of like why being a parent fucking sucks ass but it is equally if not more awesome yeah, I'm gonna earn that fucking number one spot in kids and family motherfuckers yeah, alright, I gotta get a picture of myself Take a picture of the happy, not at all resentful dad. Wait. is a good enough picture? Ooh, I look kind of concerned. There we go. Wait. Happy. All right. Awesome. This has been Jeff in Motion. Um, Got to get to the app. All right. This is Jeff in Motion. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll talk to you Monday.